Pray with me, please. Holy God, grant now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be found acceptable in your sight, you who are our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I thought that as we enter into the frenzy of the holiday season, I might make a brief holiday review at the outset of this sermon. For Christians, Christmas and Easter are really the big two. Now, we also have holidays like Pentecost, but most of the people outside of worship planning don't really know when that is. We're much more attuned to the cultural holidays, like Mother's Day and Father's Day and New Year's Day, Valentine's Day, college bowl games, the Super Bowl, the Kentucky Derby, the Indianapolis 500, the World Series. What is it that they play in Augusta? (laughs) Cultural holidays. Cultural holidays that include things like Chinese New Year and Kwanzaa. We all look forward to the days off that come with federal or national holidays like New Year's Day, President's Day, Memorial Day, Labor Day, Veterans Day, and Thanksgiving. Then there are those more local celebrations, festivals, and festivities. Growing up in Tampa, Florida, the big annual event was Gasparilla. New Orleans has its Mardi Gras, Hilton Head. It's heritage. Now, all of that doesn't even begin to take into account the celebration of birthdays, anniversaries, and the celebrations that surround each one of our favorite pastimes. Now, lest I be criticized for forgetting that not everyone is a Christian, in a pluralistic society, we must also acknowledge those holidays that are celebrated by our Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, and other religiously oriented neighbors. I tried to lay it all out. I tried to see if on every day of the year there wasn't some special designation, there is one day out of 365 that is not currently noted in the list I just shared with you. You would be challenged to find that one holy day, that one day that is actually set apart from these daily celebrations in our lives. 364 out of 365 days are currently spoken for. Now somebody's birthday is on that day or anniversary, but I didn't go quite that far. Party, right? 364 out of 365 days. I mean, that's excellent. Literally every day is a holiday. The problem with the proliferation of holidays is that all of them get watered down by it. None of them is able to retain any real significance because frankly, they all simply run together. I don't know if you've noticed, but our local radio stations uh, started playing 24 hours of Christmas music the day after Halloween. Even the nearly 30 days of Advent, which begins the Sunday after Thanksgiving, is no longer enough for our consumer Christmas souls. We wanna stretch Christmas into something that lasts for two months. That is not how it was meant to be. A holiday is a holy day, a day set apart, a day distinctive from all others, a day in which something significant, something world-changing, in this case, something universe-changing is celebrated, a special day set apart from all the rest, not a day that just runs into all of the other days, not a one 
celebration after another kind of holiday, but a holy day. As we embark on this holiday season, I want to challenge each one of us to reclaim the nature of the holidays, to seek to make them in our lives distinctive, holy days. Up until the moment that Jesus passed through the town of Bethany, it was there probably like any other day. Breakfast had been prepared, the floors had been swept, the women had gone to the well for water. Lazarus probably had gone to the fields. Maybe it was midday when he saw the cloud of dust rising. Was it a storm brewing? It was a storm that moved awfully slow. It was a storm that had the sound of footsteps and human voices and laughter. As they drew closer, he could see that it was not a storm, but a crowd of people. He sent one of the younger shepherds out to see who it was, and the boy returned with word that it was Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. Lazarus dropped what he was doing, for today had become a holy day. The Lord was coming to visit. He rushed home to let his sisters know that Jesus and his disciples were on their way to Bethany. Mary and Martha began immediately making preparations. You and I know how long that list can be. Lazarus went to greet the men on the edge of town. Now, if you've ever had to throw a dinner party together in a hurry, you know all the tricks that these women employed, right? My mom's trick was to pull the shades and light the candles. You can't see dust. One of my tricks is to make use of every available drawer or cupboard to get the clutter out of sight. Mary and Martha probably focused on the food. You see, there would have been no running to the grocery for an already prepared meal. My guess is that they pulled the, dry, the dried fruits out and they slaughtered a lamb. They added oil to the flour and began baking cakes on hot bricks. They may have enlisted the help of the neighboring women in the other homes, but my guess is that all of those people were already preparing themselves to take in these travelers, to take in these strangers, to offer hospitality. Then the moment arrived. You know that moment. You'd actually scheduled for those people to arrive at your house at about 7.30 and the doorbell rang at 7.15. What are the three things you have not done? Your hair, your makeup, and your clothing. Just to let all of you know, that's what we do in the last 15 minutes before you show up at our houses. If you're 15 minutes early, there's no telling who you get. <laughs> the moment arrived. Lazarus announced that Jesus was there. And scripture says that Martha welcomed him into her home. Now, wouldn't we all? We are all so gracious at the moment at the threshold. We are all so gracious. We throw wide the door. We give brief instructions about where things are. In this case, she would have taken the time to wash his feet. She would have invited him to come inside and sit in the living room and make himself comfortable. It is at that point that Martha's sister Mary sat down also. She sat down with the others and basked in the glow of the honored guest. Scripture says that she listened to him. Martha, on the other hand, it says, was distracted by many things. Now the hostesses in the crowd know exactly what's on that list. 
She was distracted by being sure that everybody got their beverage of choice and that everybody had a coaster or a napkin. And she was distracted by being sure that all of the things that she'd prepared for the meal were coming along nicely and keeping those bowls of fruits and nuts replenished in the midst of those who had gathered around Jesus. She was filling drinks. She never sat down. She was so distracted by the details. She never paid any attention to the Lord. Finally, her tension erupts. She demands that Jesus ask Mary to help her. Martha, he has to say it twice because apparently she was already walking out of the room. Martha, 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 sit down. It's not every day that I come to your house. Martha, it's not every day you have the privilege of this group of people gathered in your home to be together. Martha, I came to be with you. Won't you sit down and be with me? I'm not going to tell Mary to get up and do the things that we don't need to have done for us. Everybody can refill their own drink. Everybody can get up and do what needs doing when it needs doing, but right now, there is only one thing that is needed. Martha, sit down and be with me. I think that mostly today, I'm speaking to those of you who will be hosting Thanksgiving. For those of you who will be hosting guests for the holidays, those of you who will be having parties, those of you who will be hosting family members and hosting corporate events and hosting. Let's start with reclaiming Thanksgiving. I would like for each one of us to reclaim Thanksgiving by doing a few things. Some of those I shared with the children. You're going to have a lot of time sitting at that table and everybody cannot force feed themselves for hours upon hours. And so you need to plan some activities. So here are some thoughts for you. Put thank you notes as place cards. Let people write thank you notes to the Lord at your Thanksgiving table. And then pass around a basket and take those up as the offering. If there are going to be children, be sure you've got paper and colors and so they can make turkey hands and they can come up with the five things for which they are thankful. And you do the same. Set a place at your Thanksgiving table for the Lord. Actually, Set a place for him. At his place, put an open copy of the Word of God. My recommendation is that you use a red-letter edition and you open it to the Gospel of Mark. Why? Because it's the shortest one, and in a minute you'll see why I instruct you to do that. At some point, probably between the big meal and dessert, doesn't everybody take a little break in between there? If you're like our family, you take a little break. Nobody could eat dessert right upon eating the meal. During that break, do this. Using the red letter edition of the New Testament, open to the Gospel of Mark, which has been sitting at the table all along, read aloud the words of Jesus. Have one person read for a while and then pass the Bible to the next person. It might, if you are slow readers, take you an hour to read everything that Jesus said. But trust me. In so doing, you will have made Thanksgiving a holy day. I'm going to challenge us also to reclaim Christmas Eve and to reclaim Christmas Day. Make the worship of Almighty God the highest priority on your family's calendar on both of those days. During the season of Advent, worship together as a family. Worship together as a family every day in Advent. Advent starts the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend, a week from today. Starting that day, plan a little mini worship service for your whole family. Get an Advent calendar. Say a prayer. 
sing a song, read a verse of scripture, worship together. And on Christmas Eve and Yes, on Christmas Day. It's a Sunday this year. On Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day. Among the feasts, among the gifts, among the travels, make the worship of Almighty God your family's highest priority. Come together with the people of God and in the midst of whatever else you're busy doing, hear Jesus say, there is only one thing that is needed. Sit down and be with me. It's not every day that God sends a savior. It's not every day that Jesus enters into our lives. The wrapping paper can wait. The dishes can wait. Come, worship, bow down before the Lord. Make him the priority of your Christmas Eve and your Christmas day. And in so doing, you will have made them holy days. While we're at it, let's reclaim New Year's as well. New Year's is one of those holidays that is not celebrated in a particularly religious fashion. Would you agree? Let's reclaim New Year's. Let's take the time at New Year's to make an accounting of the, of the Lord's work in our lives. What has the Lord done in the year past? And then let's seek to discern what the Lord is calling us to in the year ahead. New Year's is the time when people tend to shred a lot of documents. Shredders are on sale right now. Did you know that? There's a whole section of them at Staples. New Year's is a good time to let go of all of the things that you thought you had let go of over the year. It's a good time to shred resentment. It's a good time to shred unforgiveness. It's a good time to let the bygones be bygones and move on to the new thing that God is doing in our midst. New Year's is a great time to get organized, would you agree? It's a good time to set priorities for ministry, to set priorities for the year ahead to forgive what lies behind, and to press forward together toward the upward calling of Jesus Christ. Now I'm curious, how many of you actually read the scripture that was printed in last week's bulletin that it said I was preaching on today? So you were a little mystified this morning when the scripture was read and you're thinking to yourself, that is not what was advertised. Well, here's why. As I was working with the advertised text, it occurred to me that I might lose you really early on. So I'm going to share that text with you now and amplify it. You see, Jesus was at a dinner party. He was at a party where he had been invited. He was, in fact, the honored guest. But he was kind of just shuffled in, whisked into the room and told where to sit. And nobody took the time to do the things that were appropriate to be done, including the washing of his feet. Now, this was a, this was a high-end party. Whew. People probably had name tags in addition to name cards and everybody had assigned seats and Jesus was sitting at the place of honor. This was a high-end neighborhood. You didn't just have to have a, a, a card to get into the party. You probably had to have a pass to get into the gate. And so imagine their surprise when this woman comes in and proceeds to crawl under the table. I don't know about you, but that would be an unusual happening at my house during a formal party. People are kind of trying to see what's happening under there. They can hear her weeping. The demeanor of Jesus never changes. He is somehow not surprised, certainly not put off. She weeps enough tears to bathe his dirty feet. She wipes it dry, wipes his feet dry with her hair. And then she produces a pound of pure nard. Trust me, that caught everyone's attention. That would not have been fragrant, like you and I think of fragrance. That would have been like the guy who put on a whole bottle of cologne and is now standing with you in the elevator. 
That would have been entirely too much scent in too small a space. It would have made their eyes burn. It would have left them looking for water and fresh air. Somebody probably got up to throw the windows open. The demeanor of Jesus never changed. He was not surprised at this lavish outpouring of love. He was not put off by her. Judas confronts Jesus. What is going on here? First of all, this is grossly inappropriate. Second of all, we could have sold that and raised enough money to take care of a lot of poor people. Jesus said, she's doing for me what you didn't even take time to do. She's honoring me in, in ways that you don't even understand. She's preparing me for something you fail to see I've come to do. I will not have her stop. I came to be with her and she has come to be with me. And every time the gospel is told, her gift to me will be remembered. Do you think anybody remembers what was served at that dinner party? Do you think anybody remembers whether or not the napkins were folded a certain way or that all the china matched? Do you think that anybody even remembers where they sat? Who was next to who? What gifts were exchanged? How many leftovers there were? I can assure you, the only thing that anybody remembers from that dinner party is how it was set apart from every other dinner party they'd ever been to. For how the Lord was distinctively celebrated at that table on that night. You could have a foot washing as people arrive at your home this holiday season. How inappropriate would that be? Just setting a place for Jesus at the table will heighten people's awareness to why you really invited them over to your home in the first place. But trust me, if you leave him out, they will too. The holidays are a magnificent time, but I will suggest to you that they are not all that they might be. The holidays are intended to be first and foremost holy days, days that are set apart, days less ordinary. Days less ordinary because on the horizon of Thanksgiving, there is a cloud of dust rising. He's coming to see us. There is right now plenty of time to get ready for him. But once he arrives, I would challenge each one of us to remember that there's only one thing that is really needed, and that is to be with him. For he is coming to be with us. There is no better party to attend. There is no greater table to be set. There is no greater gift to be received. The coming of Christ is right now on the horizon. Let us be preparing our hearts and minds to make those days holy days set apart for him. Let us pray. Holy God, move creatively in our hearts and minds that we might imagine anew how to celebrate the coming of your son, the most extraordinary event in human history. Grant, Lord God, that it would be a distinctive day. Grant, Lord God, that we might celebrate it as holy and set apart unto you. In the name of Christ we ask it. Amen. <laughs>